Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Let's read a couple of scriptures and then we'll... We've been, we've been studying hearing from God. And I guess if, if we could use the term... It's kind of evolving into what I would call spiritual communication. Everybody say spiritual communication. And tonight I want to talk to you about someone. And uh, in all of our lives. And uh, it could be your best friend, your worst enemy. Actually it wears both hats. Your best friend, your worst enemy. Uh, It is... uh, something that you have to learn how to control, something that you have to learn how to train, and something that if you're not careful will rule your life your whole life. You say, what in the world could that be? It's you. It's you. As a matter of fact, the person you communicate with more than anyone else, more than your husband, more than your wife, more than God, more than anybody in your life is you. You ever talk yourself into something? You ever talk yourself out of something? (laughs) Amen? And if you do not learn, now listen to me, if you do not learn how to communicate with yourself, then really the communication from God, communication from preachers, communication from the Word, communication from the Spirit, it's really not going to be relevant to you because you're too busy communicating to yourself, and your total confidence is in your communication to yourself. That's where people get so, they get self-reliant, they get self-confident, they get self-righteous. I mean, you can take the word self and add it to a whole myriad of different phrases that have to do with how an individual develops and how they develop inwardly and not outwardly. Now, people get, you know, in this day and age, people get really, how can you say this? They get really, uh, they get really antsy when you start talking about things like this because we're people that have rights. I mean, you know, we're Americans and we have rights and, and you know, we have the right to, uh, uh, what is it, to, to the pursuit of happiness, what is it, uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, in reality, if you're going to serve God, all that goes out the window. You say, what do you mean? Well, life, that comes from God. Liberty, the only liberty you're ever going to have is obeying the voice of God and following His will. Amen. And the pursuit of happiness, well, Paul said, sometimes I know how to abound, and other times I know how to be abased. So happiness comes and happiness goes, but joy remains. Amen. Amen. Now, let me read a few scriptures. We'll dig into this. I've been studying this during the week, and it's just enough to probably make people mad. Verse... uh, here it is in verse, uh, what is it, 27, Proverbs chapter 20. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Now notice that again. The Spirit of man, that's a small s, meaning the human spirit. The human spirit is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Now go over to Romans, Romans chapter 8. Familiar portion of Scripture here. Now this speaks of the Holy Spirit. 
There in verse 16, the Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now notice it's got the Holy Spirit, the Spirit Himself, beareth witness with our spirit. So here's the Holy Spirit and our spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit and our spirit. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. For if I pray, everybody say pray. In an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. Now notice that's not a capital, that's a small s. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Let me read in the Amplified. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. But my mind is unproductive, it bears no fruit and helps nobody. Well, we know that praying in the Spirit helps you. The Bible says in the book of Jude, you build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So there is great benefit to praying in the Spirit. Now, we know from study of the Word of God that we are three-part three part beings. We know that from Hebrews chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians shows us very plainly we are a body, we are a spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. Now, all three parts of our being have communicative skills, our communicative skills. Our flesh can communicate. How many know that? Yes. I mean, the, the, the flesh can communicate. Sometimes the flesh communicates in such a way that it overwhelms us. The flesh can communicate. I, I just wrote a few things there. Sure, certainly this doesn't exhaust it. But it can communicate through feelings, through pain, through pleasure, through hunger, through desire. There's all kinds of of things that have to do with communication on a physical level. Amen? And every day we're involved uh, in communication. Our flesh communicates. I, go, I get up in the morning and it doesn't take too long till I figure out I'm hungry. Now that's not some great revelation by the Holy Ghost coming out of my spirit. And that's really nothing I was really educated to know. What that is, is my stomach telling my brain, there ain't nothing in me. And I need something to eat. If you're going to make it through this day, I've got to have something to eat. That's profound, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. You hurt yourself wherever you hurt. Pain tells you your hand is hurt. Your arm is hurt. Amen. All these different things that communicate to our flesh it's, it's amazing how much power they have to get our attention. Amen. Especially pain and pleasure. Two different ends of things that really get our attention. Pain. I, I cut off the end of one of my fingers cleaning ducks one time and, and, and watched it fall to the floor before the pain hit. Then the pain hit me like a wave. And all of a sudden, listen... I didn't begin to curse myself. I didn't begin to, you know, say, you idiot. I, my, my hand, this hand, immediately ministered aid and comfort. Immediately my feet began to move toward people I knew that could help me. And my vocal cords in my mouth began to connect to that pain. And I ran in the door and I hollered, Leah, cut my finger off. <laughs> See how much communication was taking place? Amen. Now our mind, our soul, our emotions, our will. Uh, there's the communication element of especially our mind because of its strength 
in which its communicative ability is in reason. Are you with me? Your mind must reason something out for it to be acceptable. That's why the Bible says the carnal mind is at enmity with God. And you've got to understand and realize the main communicative skill of your mind is to produce the strength of reason in you. I listened to a thing today about uh, a criticism of many of the major universities in our nation that have gone basically communist and are turning out not people with degrees in order to fulfill the American dream, but actually turning out people that want to change the country totally into a socialist or communist nation. Now, that's, I'm not trying to make some political statement. That's just a program I was listening to today. But I found it amazing how anything that moves closer and closer to the unregenerate part of man, it works together with the flesh, all that communicates with the flesh, and the mind, the reasonability to do what? Does anybody know? To make sense. It just makes sense that everybody has their hospital bill paid. It just makes sense that everybody has the money that they need, the home that they need to live in. It just makes sense that everybody has everything they want. Doesn't that sound good? The problem is every time that's ever been tried, it's failed. Because you can't work a corrupt system on a corrupt planet and expect it to work. It just ain't going to work. has nothing to do with politics. has nothing to do with being Republic or Democrat. It has to do with an evil entity being on the earth wanting to destroy everybody. He wants to destroy the Republicans, the Democrats, and everything in between. Amen? So you've got all this communication going. Then you go down to Island Church and you get saved. And baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you're like, now I go on Wednesday night and this guy's telling me I need to hear from God. I need to hear the voice of God. Uh, he's talking about dreams and visions. He's talking about the voice of the Holy Ghost. He's talking about the inward witness. talking about this and that. And he said, you know, I, I can't hardly make it home without craving ice cream. Come on. Amen. So you've got, you've got to realize that bringing yourself to a place in which you understand the most beneficial communication of your life is not from your flesh or from your mind. Now listen to me. Now hold on. Don't, don't get weird on me now when I say this. It's not from your flesh. It's not from your mind. And it's not even from God. I know most people right there go, Oh, well, there. Well, go find another church. Now hold on. What good does it do for God to communicate with you in your spirit if you're not willing to receive it? Amen. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe the most beneficial communication in the universe is from God to my spirit and my spirit being willing to take it for what it is and use it for what it's supposed to be used for. Are you with me? So all of these scriptures I just read talk about the spirit of man and the spirit of God, the spirit of man, the spirit of God. So you're going to have to get to know not God, but you. If you don't get to know you apart from the flesh and the mind, you're never going to know God. I know my flesh. I don't like my flesh. Especially now that it's 63 years old. (laughs) I liked it a lot better at 23. 
Amen. I know my mind. I don't like my mind. The Bible says it's an enmity with God. And so for the past 35 years, I've been doing everything I can do to develop my human spirit so that I can receive that which comes from the spirit realm, make application to my life, and walk in the light thereof. And let me tell you this. It is a daily thing. You've got to, listen, you've got to totally sell out to it. You can't just say, well, you know, I'll take a little bite of it on Wednesday night and Sunday morning and everything. No, you can't do that because what will happen is your flesh and your, and your soul or your mind is being strengthened every day. Every day it's being strengthened. Every day it's been given preeminence. Every day you cater to your flesh and to your mind and that produces sensibility. But let me say something about the Word of God. The Word of God and the faith that it produces is not sensible. It's spiritual. It does not make sense to the, to, the, to the natural mind. It does not make sense to the flesh. It does not make sense whatsoever. Your, your, your flesh and your mind are doing everything it can do to produce what we label as common sense. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with common sense, and there's nothing wrong with what I like to call good old horse sense. Amen? We, we had, a, we had a, a, a friend many years ago. He's gone on to be with the Lord. He was one of the most unique characters I ever met in my life. And he was a true horse whisperer. I remember he had this big old Palomino horse. I don't know if you know Palomino. That's that cream-colored horse with the, with the white tail and the white mane. And he walked up to this horse when I was a kid. I, I'll never forget it. He's holding this horse by its rein. And he took this horse and he looked at it and he said, Sit! And that thing sat like a dog. A big old horse. And this guy was he, was, he was doing everything he could do to try to, my mom and my dad led him to the Lord. And in the latter years of his life, anytime I was in the area up there, he'd come to my meetings. Drunk. No, you didn't, you, no. You, no, I mean, I mean, Cowboy drunk. Amen. And his spirit was craving God. Craving God. But his flesh and his good old horse sense wouldn't let him near God. Wouldn't let him near God. When he died, he asked me to preach his funeral. He, he cobbled his own boots. He made his own coffin. And I buried him in his own cemetery. Didn't I, Dad? And he gave me a complete outline. You get to say this at my funeral and nothing more. Well, he was in the box, so I didn't really care. <laughs> now, if you ever had a conversation with him, he always made a lot of sense. You know, if you were building a fence, if you were working cows, if you, whatever you were doing. He always made a lot of sense. But spiritually, he could never, ever grab a gear, if you know what I'm talking about. It just wasn't there. His flesh was too strong. His appetites was too strong. His feelings were too strong. And, 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 and then when he got older, those appetites and those, they would just, they would just wreck him. I mean, wreck. We were, I'd just come back to the Lord and I, and I went up there to help him. He bought a, he bought a big old trailer full of, full, of, uh, full of wild Mustangs. So he wanted to train them. And while we were training these wild Mustangs, he had a bull, a mean bull. A young mean bull, we called him flap because they put a ring in his nose and he pulled the ring out when he ran his nose would flap. 
So he tells me, Rusty, I gotta, we gotta, we gotta calm this bull down. He's jumping over eight foot fences. He's chasing people around in the neighborhood. He's, you know, it's just, and there's a big old, big old Brahma bull with a big old hump on his back, you know. So we got him in a pen and a squeeze and we put, petted him, petted him. We took him into a horse pen, a round pen, if you know, no, don't know what that is. And it's got a big stake in the middle. We tied him, we pulled him up tight, we petted him, petted him, left him tied off. Now he wanted to go to the marina and drink. I was back to the Lord, so I didn't want to go with him. I went back to the trailer house. The next morning, about 7 o'clock, there's a knock on the door, and he opened the door, and there he stood, and it looked like somebody had taken a baseball bat and beat him to death. Both eyes were black and crusty, his blood coming out his nose, his clothes were all ripped. I said, Mr. Elliott, what happened? He said, well, we got to drinking down at the marina, and I had forgotten we'd left that bull tied in that, in that pen, and I went to untie him. Well, he was drunk. He untied that bull. That bull beat the tar out of him. So he went from pleasure to pain real quick. Amen. And all the, now here's the point I want to make. All the common sense that his mind and his flesh had produced was overridden, amen, by a bottle of Maker's Mark. And so he did something he knew better than to do. He told me later, I knew better than to do that. I knew if I walked in there drunk, that bull's going to beat the tar out of me. And there he did it anyway. That shows you, you cannot have any faith in the quote, common sense that your flesh and your mind produce. Look at what the common sense of this world and world system has produced in our world. And we put so much, oh, I've got, I got some good sense. No, no. We've got to become the spiritual men and women that God has called us to be, learning to walk in the Spirit, communicate in the Spirit, and understand that when God speaks to us, He doesn't speak to our flesh. He doesn't speak to our mind. He speaks to our spirit man on the inside. And if we do not know who we are on the inside, then we're, there's no way we're going to be able to communicate with God. Now, Humanity has an idea of this. Let me find it here. Spiritual communication. In the natural. We call it things like our conscience or have a hunch. Did anybody ever used to watch Magnum P.I.? I used to lie. I used to lie. I kind of like Tom Selleck. He and I share a birthday. So I used to watch it and he used to always talk about his what? Does anybody remember? My little voice. My little voice is talking to me. My little voice is talking to me. My little voice is talking. Well, you know, in reality, what's he talking about? He's talking about his conscience. He's talking about having a hunch. That's not coming from the flesh or the mind. That's coming from the spirit of man. The spirit of man is your conscience. The spirit of man where you have, is where you have a hunch. The, the spirit of man many times, many times is where you have an insight or something that you can, have not been educated into or your flesh has not led you into, in, into it through feelings, but you just, I just knew it. I just knew how, how'd you know it? I don't know how I knew it. I just knew it. That's your spirit. That's in every person on the planet. I've heard people talk about just, I just knew I wasn't supposed to get on that airplane. I saw a guy talking about that one time on, on the news, and he had been uh, scheduled to be on an airplane, and that airplane crashed, and he talked about what, driving up to the airport and going in and thinking, I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to be on that airplane. He would, didn't say he was a Christian, didn't say he was a heathen. He's just a person. What was it? Something in his spirit. You know, this is really relevant to children. Young children are like that. 
the younger children are, the more aware they are of their spirits. I heard a preacher tell the testimony of a, of a little five-year-old boy that his father was going flying off to preach a funeral of another preacher that had been killed in a plane crash. And so uh, one of the uh, uh, businessmen of the city agreed to fly him to this funeral because he needed to be back for service. And this guy was a member of his church. So the, 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 the wife took the, took the five-year-old and the three-year-old, put them in the car, you know, put the, the blanket down, the pillow down, drove out to a little airport in the town they lived in. And he said when the, she, said, she said this, she said when the plane was taking off, the little five-year-old boy jumped off the seat and said, Mama, is Daddy on that plane? She says, yeah, you know Daddy's going to preach Uncle so-and-so. He said, doesn't you know that plane's going to crash into that mountain? Since that kid said that, that plane crashed into the mountain just like that. Well, where'd that kid know that? Knew it in his spirit. See, that's what Paul meant when he said, I was alive unto God once, but then sin revived and I died. See, once sin revives in us, then we die. The word death in no way, in any place in the Bible, does it mean cessation of life. It means separation. So when we die, when our, when our, when our flesh and our soul wakes up, and our choice is always based on the iniquitous part of man, we become separated from that spiritual communication. Amen. I heard, a, heard of a, 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 read this in a, in a Christian uh, magazine, of a woman that walked into her, into her nursery, had a had a like a, a twelve month old, twelve thirteen month old baby, and a four year old, and the four year old's hanging up on the crib of the twelve month, saying, I, "I I can't feel him no more. I can't sense him no more." Talking about God, talking about God. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. talking about talking about this just little twelve month old, thirteen month old kid. That's because that spirit was innocent, alive unto God, but then sin revives and we're separated from God. So once we get born again, that being united with God takes place again. Listen, your spirit, that is what happened when you got born again. You got enlightened. The darkness of your spirit man became enlightened by the Spirit of God. And what God was doing for you, in you and through you, was setting up a communication system to benefit you the rest of your life. And the problem is most people fight against it instead of for it. Now, God imparts revelation into your spirit, enlightenment into your spirit, but other things can get into your spirit and communicate to you. Now, one of the main ones is fear. Fear is a spiritual force. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Fear runs along the lines of the realm of the spirit to get into your spirit and torment you or cause you to not make correct decisions. Listen, I, I learned this years ago and, it, and it, it really helped me in my heart to recognize a lot of people in the body of Christ do not obey God. Uh, you know, when God says do this or do that and they say, I, I can't do that, I can't do this. It's not rebellion in them, it's fear. If it's, a, if it's a missionary call, it's the fear of the unknown. A ministry call, it's the fear, a business call, whatever it may be that God's calling, calling you out to obey Him, to begin to step forward in the things of God by faith. Next thing you know, fear tries to get and start communicating to your spirit, knowing that if it can encroach into your spirit, it will keep you from hearing from God and obeying Him. 
That is the first thing that moved into fallen humanity. In Genesis chapter 3, God turned to the man and said, Who told you you were naked? He said, Well, I heard you, I heard you coming in the cool of the day, and I was afraid. Where did that God never created humanity to have fear in Him? Amen? That's why many times the enemy, I mean, you hear teaching on tithing, you think, I take 10% of my money. Are you kidding? Are you out of your mind? Number one, I don't feel like it. Number two, it doesn't make no sense. Come on, church. I heard a story one time. A guy was up preaching. He was an evangelist that was traveling. And a, and a guy kept jumping up in his service and hollering, God can do anything. I mean, he, could, he, would say, he would say, you know, something that didn't even relate to that. And God jumped, God can do anything. And he'd preach another 10, 15, God can do anything. He'd preach like, God, this went on for two or three nights. So finally the guy got frustrated. And then he said, I realized later it was the Holy Ghost. But a guy jumped up and said, God can do anything. And he stepped forward and said, no, he can't. If he can do anything, he'd make you tithe. Yeah. Guy sat down never said nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I mean, I preach in a lot of missions conferences. A lot of people don't go to missions conferences because they're afraid if they go to a mission conference, somebody's going to call me to Africa. Fear is a powerful force. I mean, you get a bad medical report, that's the first thing that tries to encroach into your spirit because it knows if it can get into your spirit, then your flesh and your, and your mind, is, it's like, they're done. Anything that can get into your spirit can control your flesh and control your mind. Amen? So you got to be careful. And you got to recognize fear for what it is. Fears are strong. Fears are powerful. There's so many, what do they call it, phobias in the world. You know, afraid of the dark, afraid to go outside, afraid to do that. Where does that come from? It's the spirit realm and it's being communicated to you. And you've got to recognize it for what it is. And sure, we always love to pray for people, minister for, to people. Uh, uh, many times when we're praying for people, especially if they've been exposed to a lot of information on a disease or something, I've got to lay hands on them and rebuke the spirit of fear before we can minister healing to them. Because they've had so much input from the doctor, the specialist, telling them what's going to happen. Well, of course, of course that opens the door. Amen. Let me do another. We'll pick this up next week. Is this helping anybody? Second, the second voice, and I really did not realize this till I started studying this because I've taught on this so much, but I did not realize the spiritual implication till I began to look at how much Jesus said about it. Amen. You say, what do you mean Jesus? Jesus talked a lot about it. You ought to go see how much Jesus talked about offense. Now, this is why offense is such a powerful spiritual force. The moment you are offended, you take the preeminence. And whatever has offended you is now the villain or has to come into a place of submission. That's the only way it works. Did you hear what I just said? Every person that's been, that has been offended, no matter what it's by, by a doctrine, by a person, by, by anything that happens in life, anybody that offense tries to get into their spirit, you know, and, and Jesus talked about one thing. He said, said it like this one time. Uh, he says, offenses will come, but take no offense. Amen.
I mean, he was teaching on a something spiritual, knowing that if I, if I can take my people, my children, and if I can insulate them to offense, I'm going to help them avoid a lot of problems in life. What offense does, it brings you out of your place of victory in Christ, and it makes you a victim. And as a victim, you're given attention. We don't give attention to people who are not victims. You go down and lay down out there on the sidewalk, and, and we walk up, you okay? Yeah, I'm just laying here. <laughs> We're not going to give you much attention. Now, there may be somebody that might come give you a little more attention. Amen. You lay there long enough. But you won't get much attention from anybody. But you go lay down and you say, my arm is broke. And we'll call 911 and the police will come and the firemen will come and the ambulance will come and, and we'll get you off to the hospital and get your arm. You'll get a lot of attention. Amen. Now that's literally people that are offended and gets into their spirit and they feed on that because it brings attention to them. Amen. And as it brings attention to them, it grows bigger and bigger and bigger. That's why offense has the ability to amplify and multiply itself in your life. I mean, somebody steps on your toe and offends you, and three weeks later, they've run you over with a car. Of course they have. And you suffer on that level, and you communicate on that level. That's why you've got to be careful who you listen to and how you listen to them. Because if they're a victim of anything, they're going to try and communicate that victim mentality into you so that you can share their pain. Because offense literally has a pain element to it. I'm hurting because I'm offended. Amen? Now, most of my life I've lived on the other end of that. You say, what do you mean by that? I'm offensive. Amen? Amen? So I've had to learn how to not be offended at the people that get offended at me. That's a double dip, amen. But the problem with that is, is offense that is given attention leads to deception. Leads to, go back and study Genesis 3 again. And I'm going to tell you what, Satan got her eyes off all the trees she could have, on, on the one tree she couldn't have and then made an accusation that God was trying to hold her back and that caused her to do what? Become a victim right there in the garden. Right there in the Garden of Eden! I'm a victim. I can't eat the tree. You know, call Oprah. <laughs> Amen. I can't eat the tree. And it looks good. And it's desirable. And the snake's been talking to me. And I tell you, I don't know why we can't eat the tree. We can be like gods. God, you're a jerk. Come on. And so she goes to her husband without argument. And deception takes place. And Satan says, you shall not die. Okay. And here we all are with all of our problems. Amen? So it, that's literally the goal of it. It's spiritual in nature. So you've got to make a decision to always keep your heart on guard. You say, well, people are going to run over you. They're going to hurt you. They're going to say things about you. They're going to spit on you. They're going to slap you. They're going to make up lies. About Listen, that's life. 
you're going to have an opportunity for every tick of the clock to get offended. Offended at the, offended at the mailman. Offended at the, at the you know, I, 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 all day long. Get offended at the mailman because he didn't bring you the mail. You, I didn't, I, I'm waiting for a package. Where's my package? I know you've got it in there. You've been holding it back. <laughs> Amen. And it's amazing. It is an absolute incredible phenomenon. Because now, here we are, 2019. We live in America. The land of the free, the land of the brave, and the land of the offended. Come on. I can't even watch the news anymore. Everybody's offended. Everybody, that's why there's such division. Deception. If I, I'll, I'll teach you on it next week. That, that, that offense, basically, I didn't have time to tie it tonight, but I'll do it next week. Fear is the reason for offense. Because fear always feeds on your insecurity. You never get offended at anything you're secure over. Amen? I mean, you come up to me and start saying, you can't catch no fish. That doesn't bother me. I've caught more fish than I could lie about. I've been catching fish since I was a four-year-old boy. You can't catch no fish. You can't. See, that's not going to work on me. Yeah. I actually caught fish last night, didn't I? <laughs> you can't catch no That's not going to work on me. So the enemy will probe you and find out what it is in you. And then he will use that fear to open the door for offense. And then deception comes. And next thing you know, his ultimate goal is for what? For you to believe a lie. But if you'll make a decision, my heavenly father loves me so much that what he did for me was to create redemption for me so that my spirit could be alive unto him and the real me, because my flesh is not the real me, my mind's not the real me, but the real me is my spirit. So that he could speak to the real me, so that he could communicate to the real me. And if I will value that above my flesh and my mind, didn't get one amen on that one, did I? That could be the problem. If I will value that above what my flesh tells me and my mind tells me, and work more on developing that than developing my flesh or developing my mind then I guarantee you, you won't fall for your tactics or the wiles of the devil near as much as some people do. That's been one of the greatest tragedies of pastoring is watching how quickly people can go into fear, deception, I mean go into fear, offense, and deception. And then you see them on the street or you see them somewhere and, and, and they're, you know, it's not like, well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really growing in the things of God and God's really doing some great blessings and some things in my life. and all. You don't see that. It's very rare that you see that. It's that all of a the sudden they're defensive in every communication that has to do with spiritual things. There's a defense. There's a wall. They can't be pierced unless you allow it. Now remember what we started it with. Your best friend, your worst enemy is who? It's you. 
The one that can talk you into something, the one that can talk you out of something. is who? You. The one who chooses. That's, that's, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the one who chooses or who makes every choice in your life is who? Is you. Is you. So therefore, if life is the sum total of our choices, and if the greatest deception in life is that we don't give God our choices, but we don't give the devil choices either. If that's the greatest deception, you say, what do you mean by that? Well, I, I'm not going to give God my choices, but, you know, the devil, he, you've, already, you've already made a choice. He's already got you. He's already manipulated your choices. You're already choosing him over God. You don't even know it. Because when you choose your flesh, you choose your mind over God, you're choosing Satan. You're choosing the enemy of, of mankind and the enemy of God. But when you make a decision, pray that prayer. Lord, help me to take every choice of my life and submit it to the Word of God. Submit it to the Spirit of God. And when I make mistakes, let me go to the Word for the cure. Let me go to the Word for the cure for fear. Let me go to the Word for the cure for offense. Let me go to the Word for the cure for deception and help me to submit every choice of my life to you. And you know, you're not, nobody's ever going to be perfect at that. But if you will make that the great quest of your life, then you'll find many of your battles already won. And you'll find many of the things in your life that you thought you would have to fight through, it'll be easy to just go through it. Because those will be the days when you're not your own worst enemy. Those will be the days when your choices are righteous choices and godly choices. You know, let me close with this. This was the, 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 the great revelation that Joshua got. Listen, Joshua had been serving God his whole life. He'd been a servant to Moses and promoted into the, into the leadership of the nation of Israel. Moses brought him out. Joshua brought him in. And his... How, what would you say? His departing wisdom was this. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. Because for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. And that's basically the, the simplicity of it right there. Choose you this day. To choose self is to choose your adversary. To choose self is to choose someone that wants to destroy you. To choose self is to choose everything in life that literally brings you down. But to choose Christ, to choose Jesus, to choose the Word, to choose the Spirit, I guarantee you, it doesn't mean that you may be perfect at everything. It doesn't mean that you're going to never have any problems. But it will mean that your path in life is going to be a whole lot more well-lit and a whole lot easier than it is if you yield to the flesh and the mind. Amen? You learned something? Give the Lord a shout. Praise God. Stand on your feet. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for your word. Now, Lord, let us hear with our hearts tonight. Let this not communicate to our flesh and feel like we don't like it. Don't let it com uh, communicate to our mind and us try to make sense out of it, rationalize it. Let it communicate to our spirit. And let us see the great benefit of each and every one of us choosing the things of God, the things of the Spirit, the things of right 
and righteousness, choosing, as David said, the path of righteousness for his namesake. Lord, where we've done well, where we've excelled, thank you for blessing us. Where we've missed it, we ask your forgiveness. Lord, those that suffer with fear, we thank you that in the name of Jesus, they're released from that fear. Those under the weight of offense, we thank you that offense is broken and we bind any spirit of deception that would try to cause men and women to be communicated to by unrighteousness and the lies of the adversary. Thank you, Father, that we're growing up and growing out of all the negative things of life that have hampered the human family for so many years. Lord, as is our tradition, we declare our protection and safety over our travels and our work. Lord, as we did, we've prayed over our students and our teachers, and we still declare a great year of education in Galveston County. Father, we thank you for the door of utterance. As we leave tonight, let us forever be aware how so many people in this world are hurting. So many people are lost and undone without God. We are the light. We are the life. We are the salt of the earth. We thank you, Father, that the next few days, each and every one of us will have opportunity to be a blessing to people, answer to their prayer, a problem to the devil, miracle in someone's life. Lord, we leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much, Heavenly Father. Lord, we leave tonight walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.